This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Aaron Hogan, Rod Davis, Austin's All Sports Leader, the, the Horn. That's right, hour three of five, five hours a day, five days a week. No one does it like Ian Rod B. There's no doubt about that. Austin's only local sports conversation, whether you're watching on the YouTube channel or on our Twitch channel at hornfm.com, both places you can watch the proceedings in the program. So you can listen on the Horn app, hornfm.com, 1019 AM, 1260. And um, good conversations. Yeah, the uh, butt sweat conversation. Well, it's Texas. We don't even have a conversation about butt sweat because it's assumed everybody's got a level of it happening. And we just, <laughs> we try to, you know, just got to be decent about it because everybody, it's Texas, man. It, it is 105 or whatever it is outside. Yeah, everybody's got level. I got contractors working at the house right now oh, building no. like an office yes. in the back. And, oh, man, these, these gentlemen are out there for, I don't know, eight hours, something like that, straight. And, Man, when I go out there and look at them, they're just drenched. And they wear sleeves because they don't want to be exposed to the sun like that. So they wear sleeves. They cover up for the sun. But, oh, I, they're just drenched. Like, all of it. It's they, unbelievable. I get their wives make them, like, just take off all that yeah. out, like, in the garage when they even come into the house. It's like, nah, man. That's just. Oh, I'm doing some work outside today. I'm wearing, oh, the, sweat, right. I'm wearing the sweatshirt. You wearing Why? the Yeah, because you're supposed to Keeps cover cooler. up. It really does? I, I mean, once you get sweaty, yeah. You're cooler in a sweatshirt than not? Yeah. There, how does that science work? I don't know. There's something to it because those gentlemen they cover up for the sun. I believe they they, they don't want to be I exposed understand, though, to if it. If you cover up with one of those like fishing shirts, it's real thin. No, nah, they're not. It ain't fishing shirts. It's more like what <laughs> like it, it, it's like a it's like a thick like, sweatshirt. I don't yeah. know how it works, but well, it keep your, you want to keep the sun off your skin. No doubt. That's kind of think what it is. Like they are yeah. working on the sun every damn day. You can't be exposed to the sun like oh, that. No, well, that's why there's no sunscreen strong enough. No, and if you're <laughs> that's why I say fishing shirts. If you go out fishing, you want to cover up. Uh, you, you, yeah, because you're just baking in that sun oh, for man, hours at a time. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. And but, by the way, black people, you can and should wear sunscreen. We need to discuss this. I know there's some stereotypes about black folks that don't need sunscreen. You should also wear sunscreen. Yes, your skin may hold up a little bit better, but sun damage is sun damage. And you can get skin cancer, too, from sun damage. So I probably should market this and, you know, package it myself and become a millionaire and have like a, 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 a sunscreen devoted just to people of color. But since black people act like they don't need sunscreen, you do need sunscreen. Like, so have you ever gotten a bad sunburn? Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I feel like, yeah, like um, maybe like it, it not in the usual places because I like to cover up. You guys see, I wear I wear pants and sleeves all the time, but I've gotten like my ears, you know, like certain parts of my like my face because I didn't put on sunscreen in uh, different places. Yeah. This, this this white Irish guy has had many a pretty bad sunburn oh, I know. over my days. Yes, <laughs> I know what, and I don't even know how, how white people forget sunscreen. I never wear. I need to be better about it. Yeah, you should white wear. Like, it. oh, I forgot my sunscreen. You'll like. You're white. You're supposed to keep the sunscreen all the time. Yeah. Well, you, you talk be, to, yeah, especially derma, in Texas, dermatologists <laughs> who see people like Ty that say, "Well, you should have been wearing sunscreen all along here, guy." Because it's now that you're 50, it's going to catch up with you. Yes, That's exactly. Right. That's right. So there you go, black folks, sunscreen. Put it on. 
Justice says, uh, guys, I run in the long sleeve shirt. Much cooler. Well, I can understand that keeping the sun off of your skin because the sun is so hot. Yeah. And then once you start sweating, I can see that. But but, I, but, but, but you got he's wearing like a hoodie, like a thick sweatshirt. I, I actually do run in more. I run in long sleeves and pants. I don't think exposed when I run are my hands and my face. That's it. Everything else is covered up. Yeah, this is guys yeah. grew up grew up on the King Ranch in South Texas. My dad always said wearing a long sleeve shirt while working. Once you sweat, keeps you okay. Cool. So Ty's right. Amen. Ty's so, Ty's, so at, um, that's what the gentlemen are doing back there because they're, they're covered up, man. They ain't, mess, they ain't messing around. Well, maybe that goes against the Lucas Glover question. He should wear pants then, even though he's got the ass sweat. <laughs> shorts aren't helping him because that was the debate. See, I, I need to double. I don't know what happened there, man. He looks like he sat in something wet. His well, whole backside is soaked. Well, we've seen that with uh, you guys at University of Texas. When those white white pants get soaked, there's some see-through going on with you football players. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of that. That is true. <laughs> that that has happened. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. That's a good point. And I don't know if the, maybe the ladies like You can tell who's got jock straps on and who's going commando. Oh, yeah. I was a commando guy for the record. I went commando. No jock strap. I figured if I'm not athletic enough to be able to protect my junk, then I don't need to be playing ball. <laughs> When, when you I played, protect, and trust me, I, I ran to many of piles and brothers tackle people, and I was always able to protect my junk as, <laughs> as I went. I was ready to make the tackle, protect my junk. So did, y'all have, my, did y'all have pads in the pants, or did you wear girls? Uh, they had the like the like the shorts, like compression shorts. You could put pads in. Okay, we had those, but I just wore compression shorts, and I would never, you know, a couple. I mean, major went commando. There are a lot of guys that went commando Ty? that went that did not go with the jock, jock straps are uncomfortable. They they no they said I don't know I I, thought, I never feel like a job fit gotta, me really well gotta have some some smoothness I want to be able to move Man, I want to be on, flexible you know what I mean I, I wore light. tights and a girdle and long sleeves so I was I was covered up you was, did you wear a jock strap no like an actual old school jock strap yes you know I'm saying like old school no no like, I, I don't think anybody nobody on my wears team that did. anymore right nobody no. wear a jock strap no. but you, some people wear a cup you wear a cup no. No, Me no, that's baseball. No, no, you couldn't wear cups are impossible to. Well, they got like malleable ones. Now, like, the one thing that you that probably like, need protection for sure is if you're playing catcher. If you're playing behind the plate, you got to put. I mean, you're taking short hops and you're catching mm-hmm. behind home plate. You, you got to have something on. You no, know, it's amazing that yeah, because I, I, I don't think I think in baseball guys are wearing like stuff like that to protect. In football, guys don't wear the pre- stuff to protect your junk as much as you should. They don't. You you'd be surprised. And most guys are like, "Nah, I got it. I'll take care of it." Like, I just admit he ain't wearing. I don't know but. anybody that, that exactly wore, wore any protection. It seems like an old school thing of protecting your junk, and then for some reason now the new generation is like, "We don't need to protect it. We good. That We're sounds, athletic enough to." Sounds like a good plan watch. until it's not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Little things that when it goes wrong, it's gonna go really wrong for you. Yeah. But it's amazing. You don't have more of those like con- like injuries. You don't have you know. Not, Jock that we, not that we hear about injuries. You're right. I guess nobody wants to admit. <laughs> when, keep, when keeping it real goes wrong. When keeping, when keeping it real <laughs> goes wrong. Can we get to your headlines, Rods? Uh, we got some behind the burn orange curtain. We're going to hear from Steve Sarkeesian coming up. We also have Sark uh, here coming up in our headlines. Let's get you caught up. Top Gun Equipment Rentals. Our buddy Brandon Mars and his great team, growing team there at Top Gun, bringing you the eight o'clock headlines. Start with Texas football now. 18 days to start of the t- 2023 season. Longhorns landed at number 11. In yesterday's preseason AP Top 25 poll that was released, marks the program's highest ranking in that initial poll since 2019. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, your top three, followed by the Longhorns' Week 2 opponent, Alabama, is at 4, LSU 5. Texas, highest-ranked team in the Big 12 at 11. They're followed by the defending league champions from K-State at 16, TCU 17, Oklahoma 20. Longtime and future rival Texas A&M slotted at 23. After yesterday afternoon's practice, they did it in the heat yesterday, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, met with the media and talked about the workout and 
their first full squad training camp scrimmage, which came back on Saturday. Sark said he's thrilled with the team has remained injury-free so far. Also was asked about the improvement of Bastrop Cedar Creek senior defensive lineman Alfred Collins. I think Alfred has been had a great training camp. Um, very, very impressive. You know, for a big man, he's extremely athletic and powerful. And one of the things, and you can go back to old press conferences of mine, when I when I referenced Alfred, I used to talk about consistency, like we're talking about now. About you know, he if he can stay consistent, he's a dominant player, and that was always been a little bit of a struggle. Well, he's found consistency now. Yeah, see if they can keep that going. Much more from Coach Sark coming up throughout the morning here on Ian Rod B. Big news in Dallas yesterday, Cowboys camp, all-pro right guard Zach Martin ended his holdout. He agreed to a restructured deal that will guarantee him $36 million over the next two seasons. Uh, apparently a face-to-face meeting with Jerry Jones prior to the team's preseason game with Jacksonville um, helped break the impasse with the future Hall of Famer. Also yesterday, and he's now officially former Dallas Cowboys running back Zeke Elliott. Team, some fans had hoped that Zeke maybe could return to the Cowboys. Not going to happen. He's going on a one-year deal to the New England Patriots worth up to $6 million. New York Jets, meanwhile, have re- agreed to a one-year deal with Dalvin Cook, the free agent running back from Minnesota most recently. And tragic news involving a former NFL running back who was also only 28 years old. This award from Broward County, Florida Sheriff's Office that former Arkansas star Alex Collins was killed in a motorcycle crash in Lauderdale Lakes, Florida this past Sunday night. Uh, he played five years in the NFL. Major League Baseball, first place Rangers extend their lead over the Astros atop the L West to three and a half. They Go found the Angels last night 12 nothing. How about Max Scherzer? Allowed only an infield single and a walk and struck out 11. Uh, the one hit performance. It's his third win in as many starts as a Ranger. Astros dropped their series opener in Miami 5 1. Uh, in Tampa, the Rays and their star shortstop Wander Franco have mutually agreed that he will be put on the league's restricted list while the club and Major League Baseball investigate allegations made against the 22-year-old All-Star on social media. He will be on that list at least through the team's current six-game road trip. Soccer, Women's World Cup down under. Spain has advanced to the Women's World Cup with a thrilling 2-1 win over Sweden and they came on a goal in the match's 90th minute. They're now going to meet the winner of today's Australia-England semifinal match this Sunday. Uh, the final is Sunday. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Riddles and Lawn Equipment. Top Guns join forces with the legendary Austin Outdoor Power to give you the best lines of outdoor power equipment and fastest repair turnaround times in town. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. As I drive for waste management, Rod, company, and it's recommended to wear sleeves all the time. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I think it's... I, I think, think that it's makes sense. Just smart guys who have to work hard, especially if you got to be out in the sun. Um, okay, to finish up our conversation, we're just having about um, jock straps and protection <laughs> for the... Uh, for the family jewels. Have you ever heard of the name Virgil Livers? Virgil Livers, no. Mm-mm. You ever heard of this name, Ty? Virgil Livers? I have not. Virgil Livers was a cornerback for the Bears in the 70s. Ouch. He, um, <laughs> late in his, his second season with the Bears, he was blocking at the end of a punt return um, inside Soldier Field when a member of the Raiders jumped on the pile to avoid a late hit and instead came down knee first into Livers' lap. Just before the guy landed, Livers distinctly remembers a split-second moment when he swears he locked eyes with the opposing player, and the player gave him a look of helplessness and an I'm-sorry look. It didn't help because Virgil's testicles exploded on contact. (laughs) He wasn't wearing a cup and incredibly wore... Exploded? Exploded. Wore one for only one for a short time after. The testicle, in case you missed it, exploded on contact. He went back onto the field for the next defensive series. Come on. Until his scrotum swelled 
to the size of a large orange and began obstructing his stride, and he could not run. He said, I was the smallest guy in my position in the NFL, and I was determined to be the toughest. And for six years, he says, I was. Um, he says, nowadays, guys get a hangnail, and they sit out of practice. <laughs> That's a football guy right there. Uh, how about this? This is more to it, guys. How about this? So after the game, trainers suggested draining the mangled orb with a needle before deciding to take x-rays because it was so big they figured it might like you know i mean it might have some other issues they want to drain it um on on the uh, x-ray they said it looked like a shattered light bulb and livers was immediately sent to the hospital for surgery he was told not to worry and there was a reason um that he you know his most vital organs (laughs) come in sets of two and that he'd be okay as long as he had one as he, my man KD, yeah, you can have one. As he remembers it, Liver says he drove himself to the ER because news that he was injured uh, and needed surgery sent his wife Linda, who was nine months pregnant at the time, into labor. Oh no! When they told her her man stuff had exploded, she just went. She just lost it and went into labor. She was so freaked out. Um, Connie Payton, wife of Walter Payton, drove her to the hospital. So that she could have her baby and stay with her while she delivered their son, Alexander, who weighed more than 10 pounds. So she went through it, too. Um, uh, And after all said and done, uh, Livers went on to play like three more years in the league and had a daughter. After his testicles exploded. Modern medicine. This says, please cut Rod's mic. Please cut Rod's mic. (laughs) We were talking about it. I'm just telling you guys. I'm like lightheaded now. That story, that's that's inspiration for people who want to. I kind of tuned out until you said exploded. (laughs) Exploded. But he drove himself to the hospital. Went back on the field to play. right there. After it happened. Why have I never heard of Virgil Livers? I've heard of like Ronnie Lott cutting his own finger off. No. The the toughest man in the history of the NFL is Virgil Livers, ladies and gentlemen. It is not Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott, that one little finger, this dude went back on the field after his testicle exploded and then drove himself to the ER. That's a new definition for big balls right there. <laughs> uh, singular. One. <laughs> yeah, big ball. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there you go. Sorry. Thank you, Ron. We'll throw it Thank out you, there. No, that's an uh, unbelievable story. I want y'all to know this history, guys. I should know Virgil Livers. And a 10-pound baby. Thank you. His wife had a 10-pound baby. Dang. She exactly. They both went through some traumatic <laughs> events some... on the same day. That's a tough family right there. That is a tough family. That's the real deal. That's so that they, doesn't happen They tell stories again. about him when I play for the Bears. Like, they tell stories about him all Virgil over the locker room. Yeah, they still talk about him. Like, they're like, oh, no, you think you tough? You ain't tough. Virgil was tough. Yeah, that's, that's all time. That's all time. Drove himself. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Had to just had to get that out there. Anyway. I told the story on the show recently, yes. but I, I do had a buddy a couple of months ago who broke his junk. He broke the junk? Broke it. In activity? Like during uh, yeah. intimate? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. What, what do you mean you guess? What, what else are you going to <laughs> He was doing the dirty dreidel. What else? No. Turn <laughs> Well done. Well done, Ty. That was a weak old joke you brought back. Well Dirty done, Nelson. Well done. Hold up, hold up. You he broke it. And he didn't tell you the story? Now, he tries to say it wasn't during it. He just rolled over, and it was the morning, and he... Oh, really? His, yeah. I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, he rolled over. I, right? I ain't buying that story. <laughs> I ain't buying that. Because Dennis Rodman has done it three times. I've heard that. With uh, And he said he was... Uh, every Cameron, time he Carmen was, Electra? Yeah, he did it. And every time he was doing something like really exotic in, in the bedroom. Like he was jumping. Trying new doing, things. Yeah. Doing that Kama Sutra, some kind of crazy stuff. Uh, so I wonder. Yeah. Anyway. No. Yeah, and Someone he's says still, ball, he's still don't on. lie. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, no, listen. Well, if you heard my buddy he, he tell the story of having to go to the emergency room. 
oh, me. T- he, the funniest part of that, oh. there is no funny part of that. No, it's not. But the somewhat humorous part is when he got up there, he got up to the lady and was like, hey. <laughs> he was trying to whisper <laughs> to her. <laughs> She's like, he's like, I broke my. <laughs> What's your issue, sir? And Please, goes, sir, speak what? up. You broke what? <laughs> I'd much rather have that happen than the, the Virgil Livers. Agreed. I, I, a hundred times over. Agreed. Yeah, that's, yeah. Those are still, terrible. I agree. I'd rather have my junk, like, break. Then have yeah, because you can at least you can oh yeah you, you can, can fix, fix that, that. yeah you, you can fix that that didn't sound fun though there was no neither one of them is going ideal. on I guess that's one of those hypotheticals which or would you rather would you rather have your your testicle explode or would you rather your junk break <sighs> junk break uh, yeah junk uh, break I don't know that's a good would you rather <laughs> <laughs> it's, no it's terrible uh, neither but uh, don't do either but yes if you've heard if you had to listen to him tell the story and he's still down he's been down two months oh I was still be- <laughs> well what does he tell his, his what does he tell his boss at work like, why are you out? <laughs> he hasn't stopped working. He ain't stopped working? Good for him. Well, because you have to get stitches, and then you yes. can't get excited. For... Oh, you can't. That's true. Yeah, but that morning thing just happened. You can't turn I, that off. That's yeah, that's nature. Saying. That's like, nature. How does that work? Mm. Yeah, that... Baseball, baseball, baseball. <laughs> get something to put in your <laughs> ah! yeah, as a As a man, every man should know how to distract himself at a certain age. <laughs> Virgil livers. Right. Baseball, baseball, baseball. <laughs> That's too much, y'all. That's, That's too much. But he's he's hopefully doing better. Um, I hope he is too. Wow. Sorry, people. I know these traumatic stories we're telling now. I never know anybody that broke their junk though. That's interesting. Was I he? Your... I never had either <laughs> <laughs> until I met him. I just heard about it. and I was like, Dennis Rodman is crazy. He's done it three times. But there you go. Now we know everyday Joe who's done don't it. Don't do that. Hey, we'll get back in uh, behind All the right. burn orange curtain coming up. We got to hear from Sark talking. We just heard him talk about Alfred Collins. Before we get to the timeout, Rod. I want to get. To, I know we'll go behind to BOC coming oh, up yeah. and talk about Arch Manning's long run and the uh, young standouts. Faux shizzle. But what do you make of Alfred Collins? I mean, you hear Sark. I do like this. I'm starting. One of the things I've noticed is Sark is calling these guys man and men all the time, which I like a lot because we're you know he and I know that's a small thing, but you know Mac Brown was always big on their kids. You know, leave them alone. That's their a, kids. That's a great point. E. Sark, whenever he t- references right. these players now, he calls them he calls them men. Uh, in, huh. in our man, like like Alfred Collins is a big man, uh, and it's been pretty consistent through his press conferences. And I think that's something. And this is to note, note to self, because you know we've heard from from the folks that on the recruiting trail and in the transfer portal when he's trying to to bring players in, he's treating them like adults. I mean, you're going to be getting make if you're getting out nil money, this is a grown man's job now. I mean, you know, you're going to take criticism. You're a brand. Uh, you know, I think there's a there's a lot to that, and we've heard. Colin Simmons last week said, "Man, he he likes it. He liked he, that approach. He liked that approach. He loved that approach. Yeah. Yeah. He told me the deal and what the expectation is. You know, because a lot of people are freaked out that now eighteen-year-olds are making some treated like adults, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, eighteen, eighteen-year-olds been making money for a long time. Nineteen-year-olds in other industries and in other parts of the parts of sports. But um, I do like that. But your thoughts on him talking about Alfred Collins? Because it's a, it's a, it's a. What are those? The, those." False multi, uh, force multipliers for the Texas yep. defense. He could be one. If indeed Oof. he is, you know what he's seeing is is exactly the the consistency for a man who's. Let's remember, Alfred Collins is six six and three hundred and thirteen pounds. He's got war daddy measurables. His <laughs> arms does. are oh, ridiculous. Yeah. If, if that's true, Texas has something uh, to go with Byron Murphy and Baron Sorrells, and, and we'll hear Sark coming up talking about Justice Finkley's having a real good camp. You know that that can be a that can lead to to really good things for Texas. You're going to need somebody on that defensive line to become and the the war daddy term is thrown out there a lot. To me, my definition of a war daddy is somebody who can demand a double team consistently. They're a war daddy because if they get single blocking, they're going to beat you. 
That's what, they're going to beat it every damn time. So you bet you might as well just game plan to have a, a, a tight end chip them or a bat come out there to help you, or you're going to just straight up double team that guy. Are you going to, you know, you're going to slide the protection their way, whatever it is. That's a war that it forces the opposing offense to not only know where that defender is on every single play, you'll see him come out and go, there he is. They'll point right at him. There you go right there. We need to know where he is. Everybody, they do it with Micah. They want to they know where Micah oh, Parsons no is on every play. They go, no, no, he's at the left edge. Oh, no, he's at linebacker. Point him out so we all know where he is. You want that kind of defender. You want that kind of respect as a defender. And I think if Alfred Collins, if the light goes off for him, he has, like I said, the measurables to be that guy. But now they're talking about adding consistent intensity to his profile. That's a scary, scary proposition for opposing offensive lines. And you go look at Byron Murphy there. Byron Murphy already kind of has that. He just doesn't have the body. He's got the mentality, but he doesn't have the body of an Alfred Collins. Now you're going to have the mentality and that frame for Alfred Collins. Maybe that's the guy that demands a double team. And what do I always say about football? Football is just a numbers game. It is rudimentary level. You're trying to win the numbers game. 11-0-11, chess with human beings. And if you can force the opposing team to have to double team one or multiple players on your defensive front, you've already run the numbers game. You just won it. Yeah. And that's an easy place to win it initially, but you got to have guys up there that demand that double team. Yeah, and if you have to double Alfred, well, then Byron Murphy's likely exactly. to be a single team. You can't which double he's both of them. Which he's going to win yeah, exactly. a lot of the time. And you you limit an offense because they, they do have to leave people in the chip. They've got to leave mm-hmm. use extra people, which helps your secondary with not as many people that they have to account for yep. in the pass game. And obviously in the run game. Uh, it's a know. butterfly effect. That one guy in the middle who can just dominate. And then, like you said, oh, man, now they got to leave a tight end in. Now they got to leave a back end. Oh, now you got the numbers advantage with the secondary versus their passing game. It, it really can be a really positive butterfly effect for you if that guy becomes a true war daddy. Well, there's Alfred Collins. We'll hear more from Sark coming up behind the BOC, <laughs> all the things we mentioned. Plus, before the end of the hour, we'll go off the record with that Michael Orr story. I think we just did. I think, I think we're did. off the record. We, we were off, off the, the rails. <laughs> I believe that was it. Yeah. We were off, off the, the rails a little bit. But off the record, did Michael Orr get the reverse Johnny? Did they? Did the two he's actually <laughs> the reverse Come Johnny. on, man. Where'd you get that term for reverse Johnny? Colonel Flowers. Colonel Flowers. The reverse Johnny. Yeah. I love that did term. They get, he got backdoored. <laughs> did, 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 did the blind get, side get, get blindsided? Blind yeah, yeah. yeah, come on, man. <laughs> I can't believe the Tuies would do that, or maybe we can. We'll get to that story. Plus, other things off the record. Next, it's all things Sark behind the burn orange curtain. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin's all sports leader, the, the, the Horn. A good question on our uh, Twitter. Uh, it's not Twitter anymore now, is it X? It's X. It's X. Got our X account go. because that's where you X things. But uh, Winston wants to know, hey, who won the Name the Morning Show contest? Inquiring minds want to know. Anyone, anyone? We have not chosen a name. We've not chosen it yet. We and Rod B is still sifting through it. We'll have it by the end of the week. We'll get this is a yeah. week. Yeah, we want to let it marinate a little bit. Yeah. Let them think, and they don't want to rush into anything like that. You know, I got a great t- suggestion from my friend Craig Castleberry, who listens and uh, listens every morning. I like this morning. suggestion. I wrote it down. He says, guys, you should call him. Hook him up. Hook him up with Ian Rod B. Hook them up. Bad. Like hook them. Hook them. I like that. And Craig says uh, it's, it's obvious like show name. You're the only local sports talk show going. Show some love to the Longhorn Nation. It's much more alliterative than Rise and Grind. Not bad, but too much work. So hook them up. I like the hook them up thing. That's pretty cool. It's not a bad one. I wrote it down. Well, got some good ones, man. Thank you guys for all your participation. Uh, we really, really appreciate you guys uh, 
lending your uh, suggestions, giving us your suggestions for the for the name of the show. Sure, we don't like uh, exploded testicles. No, nobody <laughs> likes that. <laughs> That's not no. Nobody likes that at all. <laughs> Virgil Livers, he doesn't like. Nobody likes that. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get in there. I promise you guys, we'll get because we're sorting through right now. Keep sending the suggestions. We really appreciate it. And we got some from social media. Obviously, a lot from the spec text line, 512-337-3776. So we're gathering the best ones. I've been writing them down. And then we will have a, you know, we'll have a, a bit of a powwow between we'll us three. Yeah. And then we will narrow the choices down. And then we will name the show. Yeah, so. and, and uh, keep sending those emails to Ty Henderson, T. Henderson at hornfm.com. Or you can send them to me, E. Hogan at hornfm.com, if you've sent emails my way before. Uh, with your complaints about the 1019 FM signal quality. Just make sure to mention 1019 specifically and where you are located yeah. specifically. And a zip code will that probably helps. be enough for area of town, yeah. that kind of thing, uh, because that helps with it. We're, we're planning an upgrade with that, but we've got uh, got to have your help uh, with some of that stuff. But uh, until then, uh, listen on AM 1260 and certainly lock it in on the Horn app, which is uh, right there for you, and on our YouTube page, five hours every morning, every day, and uh, also on the Twitch if you want to watch it. And I know that our, our our technical guys got me a new camera angle, and I don't know if it's better or worse. But it used to look up I at me, which is kind of yeah. odd. Now it's looking down on I me. I think it's better for it to look look down on you. I think it's probably better because up you can you know it's a weird angle. Yeah, we just needed the same angle for both of you, and Rod was up, yours was uh, down. Okay, there you go. Fine, That's cameras, a good point too. Cameras. Appreciate so, that. Someone know. says burnt orange balls should be the. <laughs> I kind of like hook them up. <laughs> hook them up's really good. Hook them up. Yeah. Uh, get them up. Hook them up. Because the up thing also up in the morning. Because for years and, and kind of years thing. I've done the uh, get them up thing at the start, that is start of the show. And then now you can hook them up. Get them up. Get them out. Yeah. Get them up. Hook them up. Let's go. <laughs> and we can rise and grind right there, which we do. Five hours a day. Five days a week talking Longhorn football. Ooh, the morning steer with Ian Rod B. Oh. Not bad either. Yeah. Yeah, keep them coming. Keep Steer them coming. the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel, please. Jesus, just, take the my wheel. balls just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus, please. Like that lady who had the snake drop out of the sky, oh. and then the hawk come oh. down and attack. By the her. way, before we go behind <laughs> the burn orange curtain, I got a new Jesus, one on that. Please, yeah, but you got an update? No, not on her. Oh, okay. I was about to say, oh Lord, this is another one of those that you wouldn't sleep for for weeks. Oh no, this is nightmare fuel. Well, yeah, because the lady was mowing her lawn in Silsby. The snake got dropped out of the. Hawk's talons and lands on her arm. The hawk comes after it, tangles, tears her up. Well, here's another one. How about oh, no. this guy? Oh, no. You've been to Montana, Rod. Yeah. Go there often, You've been to actually. Montana. guy named Thomas Bolcom, forced to spring into action. Three in the morning, wakes up and hears something that's uh, rustling downstairs. His dog was also barking. <laughs> Went downstairs, uh, told his fiance to, to stay clear. Thought he was going to deal with a skunk or something along those lines. Comes face-to-face with a 400-pound black bear oh, in his living room. In the house? In the house. How, it just, I guess it's turn the door handle, have the door unlocked kind of thing? Yeah, I guess it got wow. in. Yeah, living in Montana, I guess. Oh, no, that's the thing. You but look it, at yeah. him. On his way down, he grabbed his, his pistole out of the <gasps> drawer, and there it is. There's the picture of the black bear on wow. the ground. Uh, yes, that's what he was greeted by at 3 in the morning Damn. in Montana. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, no, you, you people have, like, they, they have all types of stories about bears coming on the property. They got the bear, uh, basically, like, the, the, the trash cans that are bear-proof. Everything's got to be bear-proof up there because bears just kind of roam around. It's, you know, you're in their home. They're hungry. <laughs> the Montana Grizzlies is the mascot because, <laughs> I mean, because they're pretty prominent up there. You don't expect to see that in That's your living crazy. room at 3 in the morning. And, man, I mean, he acted fast, so he acted quick. And he took the pistol with him. 
Hey, that's well. If you're going to check something in the yeah, morning, don't leave it in like the kitchen drawer. Yeah, <laughs> you might want to take the pistol with you. Hear some strange noises. Lock down it up there. if you have kids. All those things wow. be safe. But uh, yeah, that is. I'll I'll retweet that picture of the uh, dead black bear on his living room floor. Looks like as it went to the ground, it took out a lamp and some other th- pieces of furniture. But that is that's the kind of thing. When like, he the, kills the bear, does he now get to like he gets to keep ownership it, right? of? Yeah. So hey, does he get to? I don't know. Like use the. Use it to have it um, taxidermied or something. Like, can he do that, or do you yes, have to call yeah, the authorities? Do you call the authorities and have them pick it up, pick up the bear? Like, I don't know. What do you do when you kill a bear in your house? What's the Breaking protocol? And entering. <laughs> what's the protocol though? What do you do? Like, what's the? Yeah, I'm sure the Montana Game and yeah. Wildlife Commission will have a say on that. But yeah, hey, he yeah, should exactly. be able to. Now that man has a rug, Texas says. Yeah, I was like, what if he's that's like, nah, man, I want to, I want to get that dang taxidermy because you can so up there, you can sell it to somebody and they'll probably get it taxidermy up there. Says now that man has a rug. Exactly. <laughs> was that? It's a... Oh, you keep it. But like the lady with the hawk and the but I don't think I'd sleep for several weeks. No, that's nightmare fuel, man. Like a bear in your. I don't even know how. Like yeah, the fact that he acted, uh, you know, so swiftly. Give him props for that because I would freak out. I probably would run. My first instinct would be to run. His yeah. was I'm taking it out. Well, one time we used to live in Buda and live near the <laughs> woods, and we get scorpions all the time. And the one time I put a, put my foot in the shoe and a scorpion was in the <gasps> shoe and I got, Ooh. and that t- for like weeks, man, I would. You were like oh, banging the shoe banging the shoe. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. No way. No way. All right, Rod, let's go behind the burnt orange curtain. Let's We've got uh, Longhorn football chatter at a high level. Let's go. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. The same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, welcome back to another edition of Behind the Burn Orange Curtain. Like the upgrade, but my man Ty hooking it up there, uh, getting you ready for some Texas football. Uh, Sark also getting uh, Longhorn fans ready for some Texas football. They had their first scrimmage of training camp uh, this past weekend, um, and he spoke to the media yesterday about that scrimmage. Actually, was very forthcoming about some of the details from the scrimmage. Uh, this first piece of audio we're going to play is Sark talking about the offense and the defense specifically on some things he was very critical of and some things he was very complimentary of here is Steve Sarkeesian well offensively you know naturally there's always things you you want to clean up coming out of a scrimmage you know for us pre-snap penalties you know, we need to improve you know we, we were not clean uh you know pre-snap as you as you guys know we like to motion and shift and do different things before that ball snapped and too many, you know, just false starts, the illegal procedure stuff that, that we can clean up. Um, you know, three turnovers Saturday, I, I think in just about 130 plays, um, which is which is too many um, for the offense. And so understanding the value of the football, but on the flip side, that's a real credit to the defense in creating those turnovers, okay? Um, an area where I know we can improve defensively is, you know, we're really making it a point to get after the quarterback and, and we're seeing the effect of that. But we still have to understand our rush lanes, especially on third down. And so uh, that is definitely an area for us to clean up and, and, and try to minimize some of the quarterback scrambles that, that came into having big plays uh, on Saturday. Those quarterback scrambles that he's coach is referring to, I'm sure 
are a lot of some of those are Arch Manning's quarterback scrambles. Remember, he did have a 55 plus yard run. We'll get to uh, start describing that Arch Manning run. But I want to play this next cut because uh, Sark's talking about the uh, the young standouts in this cut. And apparently there are some young guys who are already stepping up and making some impact plays in training camp and in the scrimmage. Uh, here is Steve Sarkeesian talking about the young standouts so far. Just some young guys that, that kind of stood out to me. Jelani McDonald has continued to impress, mm-hmm. uh, has been impressive. Derek Williams, uh, Anthony Hill, uh, Manny Muhammad had a nice day. And a guy that we don't we – don't, uh, mentioned quite as much in that backfield. Trey Wisner had a good day, not only at running back, but on special teams. And I thought some guys that, you know, sometimes get overlooked from spring ball. And then we talk about our returning kind of star players and then our new players, our new faces. But we had some guys that uh, have made real strides that I'm proud of. I think Arch has really stepped his game up. He's playing at a high level. Uh, I think Justice Finkley is playing good football for us. You know, he's in year two, right? And, And he's playing well. Um, I think Jare Blitzo, which we touched on last week. I think Gunnar Helm is playing very good football for us at tight end. And I think DJ Campbell uh, is doing some nice things up front on the offensive line. So, um, you know, like I said, it was a good scrimmage Saturday, but as, as good as that was, I love the way they responded today uh, to, a, to a tough practice. And um, us still finishing the way that we did was impressive. Uh, there he started talking about some of the young standouts, mentioning uh, DJ Campbell being one of those young standouts. And he calls him Manny Muhammad, uh, Malik Muhammad, the cornerback, who apparently might have had one of the best scrimmages for anybody, offense or defense. Uh, and Sark was asked about the turnovers in the scrimmage, something he was displeased with. Uh, he talked about how there were 130 plays and they had three turnovers way too many in his opinion last year texas actually had the, tied for the fewest turnovers in the big 12 so this is not a team that is careless with the football here's sark uh yesterday talking about the turnovers that were a problem for the offense manny muhammad had an interception uh returned it for a touchdown nice nice disguise of the coverage uh he then forced a fumble on uh, jt sanders that um i think leona lafau uh ended up recovering and John, I'm drawing a blank on the third one off the top of my head. Hold on. It'll come to me. Oh, Jared uh, Jerry Thompson in a two-minute drill, um, made a nice play on the sidelines, toe-tapped, kept his feet in bounds, and got an interception. So I apologize. Those are the three guys. All right, there you go. Three guys making plays. And to me, this is huge. We've talked about it you know, ad nauseum here on the show. I think if this defense is going to take the next step, uh, one of the next steps they can take is to be a more opportunistic defense. Only had 14 takeaways last season, 14 takeaways in 2021. You'd like those pressures, which are one of the best teams in the country at creating pressure, to translate to more splash plays, more sacks, more havoc plays, and more takeaways. So I think some of the best news, if not for me, the highlight headline coming out of the first scrimmage was that you were able to force three turnovers <clears throat> Excuse me, and give it up for Malik Muhammad, who, man, he ended up uh, causing two of those. Got an interception, a pick six, uh, and then also was able to force the fumble that was recovered by Liana LaFowle. So I've said some guys are natural ball hawks. I've explained this. Some guys have a natural innate sense to go after the football, whether it be in a passing game or even when, you know, guys are being run defenders, they go after the football. And Malik Muhammad may be one of these guys, just a natural ball hawk. I played with a lot of these guys. I was not one. I think you, you as a defensive coordinator, it will serve you well to try to put as many of those types of players on the field as possible. Quandre Dix, 
Ball hawk. Ball hawk. <laughs> Lower fans know him too. They, ball hawk. Michael Huff. Ball hawk. Like some guys, they just they play with a different mentality than other guys. Trayvon I, Diggs. Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs. Diggs. Exactly. The ball is mine. When the ball is in the air, they believe they have a right to it, and it is theirs. They yeah. do, technically, but everybody doesn't think like that. Yeah. So that's good, man. I'm glad that they got a young guy that's becoming one of those Havoc players too. Yeah. And by the way, Sark was wearing a sweatshirt. <laughs> You see that? Like we were talking about wearing long sleeves in the heat. <laughs> oh, yeah, outside. Sark had a pullover I'm on. I don't you. know if he was wearing any at practice. Probably so. Got he to probably cover so. Tell you, cover up. And coaches like to they like to sweat at practice. Yeah, they figure you. they can sweat off three pounds or something like that. Just at practice like that. So a lot of coaches like to put on a sweatshirt. All right. So there. we heard Sark talk about he would he liked on offense and defense, <laughs> and then the running lanes and the rush lanes for the pass rush. You want to get home, but you got to be disciplined, Ron. And it does sound like that's where that uh, that Arch Manning. Long breakaway run came from was what, like come with a blitz, bring pressure, and then he breaks the contain. You don't maintain your rush lane, and the next thing you know, he's into the open. And see you later uh, at twenty miles an hour. Yep. Arch twenty miles per hour. Yeah, matter of fact, let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian talking about that Arch Manning performance, which yes included a fifty-five yard run. A couple plays with his legs. You know, had a had a third down scramble early in the scrimmage. Uh, to an extended drive uh, on a third and long, and then had a, on another third and long, had a long touchdown run right down the middle um, where, like we're talking to the defense, we, we want to play more man coverage. Um, we want to affect the quarterback, right? Um, but when you do that and the defenders all have their backs turned, guarding their, guarding their man, and you get out of your rush lanes, an athletic guy like Arch can, can go split it. And then he showed a I think he hit 20, 20 miles an hour, which was pretty impressive. He didn't even know he could go 20 miles an hour, so uh, it was a nice play by him. Yeah. I don't think any of us knew that Arch Manning could hit 20 miles per hour. Uh, yeah, I think if you guessed, Man. if you had to guess who was the fastest quarterback, you would have guessed Arch. Yeah, that's true. I, but, just, I know I've seen the videos of, of, uh, of Arch you know, playing at Isidore Newman and running, but then also playing basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, he can dunk a basketball. Yep. He's a good athlete. Uh, and, you know, Quinn Ewers is trying to work on his footwork and be more quick-footed. Um, and Malik Murphy's just a big old dude. I mean, if he if he's running twenty miles an hour, watch out. You put him at defensive end real fast. Yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. If he's running twenty miles per hour, he's gonna be doing some Anthony Richardson stuff at the combine. Yeah, freak. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, th- that is a weapon that Texas has not really utilized. Um, with Steve Sarkeesian, he is he doesn't like his quarterbacks to be a no. weapon in the run game. He has already he said that multiple times. The way he says it is, we don't major in quarterback run game. Um, but I do think it's something that Quinn Ewers should do more of because we saw it last year. Remember when Hudson Carr would go in there and teams just assumed that Hudson Carr was not going to run and he'd have these huge breakaway runs? As a matter of fact, if you go look at the most yards before contact on scrambles in 2022, not making this up. Alabama's number one. Texas is number two. Yeah. And it was because of Hudson Carr. Remember those long 30, 20-yard runs he'd have where Alabama or Texas Tech would assume, man, there's no way this dude's going to run. He's got a limp ankle. He's not going to run. It's not his game. And Hudson Carr would take off and get great yards. I think for Quinn Ewers, not all the time, not something he needs to major in, but every now and then when they decide to take the spy out of the box and put him into coverage and they're just going to give you a wide open lane and grass, Take it. It's, an, it's just an yeah, easy it, first down. Take it. Take he it did in the bowl game, though. He did in the bowl game a couple of times, actually. I always thought the least athletic player who was, who was the best at that was Tom Brady. Yeah, take it. Tom take, Brady. Yep. Tom Brady will take it. He'll take and, it every and, time. And he'll slide. He'll get down. But he'll get to that first down marker, give it to you a fresh set of downs. I mean, that's – and, you know, Quinn Ewers, he's down to 195 pounds now, and you wonder if he's going to be a little more fleet of foot. 
but he's not going to go 20 miles an hour. But those those are free yards. Those are free yards, it, man. Yeah, because the defense will forget about you. And then once you, once you actually go out there and make them pay for forgetting about the quarterback run game or the quarterback scrambling, then they will think twice about devoting too many defenders to coverage, and they'll keep a spy in every now and then, which helps you, going back to it, the numbers game. Numbers game. <laughs> Got to have it. Got to have it. And I'll say that uh, we'll hear Sark coming up talking about the quarterbacks because he was immediately asked, well, is, is uh, Arch you know, contending to be the number yes. two quarterback? And uh, later on in our next hour, we'll hear from Sark on that. He he was clear to say, no, 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 we, Malik's still doing a lot of good things. Uh, Quinn's the starter. Because, of course, New York Post had a story saying, oh, Arch Manning had an incredible scrimmage. He's pushing for the starting job. Uh, I don't know that that's going to happen. It's going to be Quinn Ewer's no. job. But, yeah, run a little bit. And Hudson Card, remember, was a wide receiver at Lake Travis before That's he became true. a quarterback. Yep. He, had some, he had better mm-hmm. legs than people think. Yep. And Hudson's on his way to being the starting quarterback of Purdue this year. I think he is going to be the starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. For, well, I haven't done a lot of research, but it seems like the right now a lot of the insiders are saying that it's his job. Yeah. yeah. All right, coming back, Rod, there's some uh, behind the BOC from Sark. We've got uh, 18 days to the start of the season. One more big training camp scrimmage to go. And as Sark talked about the schedule, it's going to get crowded because school's starting back up here coming up. you got to get back to school. But we'll get to some off-the-record conversations. What is off-the-record, including the Michael Orr story that dropped yesterday? Uh, the Tuies have responded to the Michael Orr lawsuit claiming that he got hoodwinked and backdoor Johnny <laughs> by the Orr family. Blindsided. <laughs> Blindsided. We're back. <laughs> D.D. Megadoodoo, I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain man, comb. Congratulations, continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! And thing sucks! Oh, never sucks. It's off the record. V and Rod B. Somebody said, new show name, Ball Don't Explode. <laughs> no. Somebody said, uh, guys, butt well sweats and exploding balls on the well first done. week of school. Throw in a Nunley story, and you're on your way to winning the Marconi Award. That's probably true. <laughs> probably true. No, he, you know, Lucas Glover. You know, we have to identify the big stories of the morning. You know what I mean? Texas hey. football, Zach Martin, back yeah. in camp. And, you know, teach us some history, too. Virgil Livers. I did not know Virgil Livers. Now, now you I know. do. And yeah. I never wanted to Toughest know. Toughest but... player to ever play in the NFL. Most people don't even know his name. Yeah, yeah there you go. And, and, uh, there you go. Uh, all right, so off the record, Rod, can I give you the plot thickening on the Michael Orr story? Let's do it. All right, so we know yesterday the Michael Orr lawsuit was filed, 14-page brief, claiming that uh, he got hoodwinked by the Tui family. Stop going after Sandra Bullock. She played a role. Tim McGraw didn't do anything wrong. But the actual Tui family has responded this morning. Oh, okay. I like this. They got a response. Let's go. Yes. Okay. And this is where the plot really thickens because one member of the family is denying it. Another member of the family is uh, uh, sounds like he's siding with Michael Orr. Oh. This is weird. What, of the Tui family? Yeah. So, okay. So, so Sean Tui uh, told the Daily, Daily Memphian— uh, newspaper in Memphis. Well, uh, he said, we didn't make any money off the movie, he told the paper. This is the father who was played by Tim McGraw in the movie. Okay. Michael Lewis, the author of the book that inspired the movie, of course, Michael Lewis also wrote Moneyball and then wrote The Blind Side. Uh, the author of the book gave us half of his share. Everybody in the family got an equal share, including Michael. It's about $14,000 each. We didn't make anything off the movie. 
Um, so he's claiming they didn't make money off the movie. Right. He okay. says they. He hmm. said that the only way Michael could go, the reason they did a conservatorship, because remember in the lawsuit, Michael Orr claims that, you know, the movie portrayed that they adopted him legally. That didn't ever happen. They did a conservatorship, which then they could control his name, image, and likeness, and mm. they could benefit off the movie, but he could not. If he had been adopted, he would have, at, at 18 years old, he would have had his own adult rights. Okay. Uh, they would yeah. just be his legal parents. Good point. Well, uh, according to Sean Tui, they said the only way Michael could go to Ole Miss, which is where he wanted to go, was if he actually was part of the family, adding that uh, because Orr was 18 at the time, the conservatorship was a way to make that happen legally since he was too old to be legally adopted. We contacted lawyers who had told us that we couldn't adopt over 18. only thing we could do was have a conservatorship, so we were, we were so concerned. Hmm. It was on the up and up with the NCAA, and we made sure the biological mother, mother came to court to agree to the conservatorship. Uh, Tui also told the Memphian, Daler Memphian, he would be, of course, willing to end the conservatorship. He also said there's been a growing distance between Orr and the family over the past year. Here's where it uh, turns. The the son, Sean Tui, who, if you remember the movie, he and Michael Orr were like best buddies. Yeah, the little kid. By the way, the little kid lives in Austin now. Is that real? I I believe he does, yeah. Interesting. He lives in central Texas somewhere. His son, Sean Tui, has also spoken out about the allegations, telling Barstool Sports on Monday, I get why he's mad. Uh Uh-oh. I completely understand. It stinks that if it stinks that it'll play out in a very public stage. Okay, mm. so the family is definitely not on the same page. Seems like it, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I, obviously, some lawyer can weigh in on this in terms of the legal status and ramifications. But I wonder why he needed to be a part of the family to collect a scholarship when he was already 18. Yeah, I don't know. Is that's... that just part of, like, are you considered a minor when, and they, when they, they look, if they're accepting you into their, obviously, their school as an amateur athlete, amateur athlete, or a student athlete, do you have to, base, are you considered a minor at that time? Correct. You need your parents well, yeah, you're a minor until that? 18. I mean, that's, that's the, but the, he was, was he 18 at the time? That's what Michael Tui is saying. I don't know. We have he's to go saying look at he calendars. was 18. If he's 18, then why would he need to be a part of a family? Why would he need adult supervision or conservatorship if he's 18? Correct. That's, that's well, why conservatorship that's so is still to be the legal, his legal guardian, I guess. Yeah, is to the make way to decisions put that. for you. Like Britney Spears' parent, yes. father, and all that kind of stuff. And he's yeah. still 18, and he had ways to catch up on his, ed- on his education but and those kind of things. Because of his background. So, and, yeah, yeah, and so to okay. you know, help him through college. It was um, probably to get him into that high school because – if they couldn't legally adopt was, him, that's the next closest thing to being like, hey, we, we he's legally living in our home. He can go well, to the no, school. No, but Michael Tui is saying, or the father, Sean Tui is saying, they didn't file for the conservatorship until so, he was uh, already 18. Yeah, that took, yeah, when he's going to Ole Miss. He was already 18, and that was an order to get, according to him, again, to that's get, all be to sorted get into, out. To get into college, he had to be a part of the conservatorship. Well, because that's what there's, there's, there's been other reporting that they made millions of dollars off the movie along with the two kids where Michael Orr claims we didn't gain anything. Or Michael Orr says he didn't get anything, the, the family. That's why they did the conservatorship. That's the whole point of the lawsuit. He's saying that they did conservatorship, not adoption, so they could make a bunch of money and he could get frozen out. Yes. They are saying we didn't make anything on the the, the movie. Uh, we made some from the book sales from the author, but we did conservatorship so he could go to Ole Miss. Again, that'll all play out in court. I don't know where that's – it's mm. a, it's unfortunate. Yeah, Darren Rovell, like I said, this is more speculation on his part, just based on knowledge. Yes, he says the blind side had a budget of $30 million and grossed $300 million at the box office. Based on the standard cut, the movie netted roughly $175 million. 
Tui children reportedly got two two hundred twenty-five thousand each, plus two and a half percent of net proceeds. If that is the case, that would put them in the millions of dollars in terms well, of money they received. And it's the son saying, "I see why he's mad." Because he's like, "I got some bread. I'm good." <laughs> well, and, and the dad is saying, "We didn't get anything." <laughs> he's like, "Well, you didn't get." Anything. Well, it would be good estate uh, planning to put. Let all let the kids take all the money. Oh, like a put trust it in or a something. Trust. Oh, and maybe, uh-huh. maybe Michael didn't get the trust because he's not part of the family's conservatorship mm-hmm. thing. He wasn't adopted. Ooh, man, it's yeah, it's unethical. I don't know if it's illegal. It's definitely unethical. What they're doing well, we'll or what find, they did. We'll see. And somebody also pointed out that you got to put this in the plot thickening stew. That Michael Orr has a new book coming out. Oh, Fancy yeah. timing here. Mm, he's going to expose it all. <laughs> all the family secrets and all your dirt. Or <laughs> hype for the book. I don't know. A lot of, good point. A lot of, lot of soup for the stew. We're all back. Right. It's the uh, fourth hour coming to five here on Ian Rod B.